Hello, my name is Tina Stoll. I'm also known as Baroness Stoll of Beeston, the former leader of the House of Lords. But this podcast is where I talk to people who don't very often get heard. Our fellow Brits who work hard, get on with life, are quietly successful and from whom we can learn a lot if we listen to what they've got to say. These are their stories, hopes and concerns about the world in which we all live and how they think it could be better. Welcome to today's Britons. Today, I'm talking to Mark Stowell. And if you think that surname sounds familiar, it's because he's my brother. Mark works in the shipping department at a large Amazon fulfillment centre in the East Midlands. He's been there for about two years, and he's also worked at other large warehouses and distribution centres in the area before that too. My brother left school at the age of 16, and during the last 40 years, working in these places or in the manufacturing firms, large and small, where he's worked on the production line, he's experienced lots of change robots, digitization, and the changing profile of co-workers as more migrant workers have arrived from different countries. So he's got a vast amount of experience and some interesting insights to offer about work and the relationships we build at work. He and I often talk about the nature of his working environment, which has always been different to mine. And when Amazon arrived in the local area and created several hundred new jobs, I was interested to learn from him when he applied that the contract terms, wages and conditions were good. Indeed, as you'll hear Mark say for himself, they're better than most of the other places that he's worked at in recent years. Since he started, I've also been interested to learn what it's like doing an unskilled job in a high tech environment. What it's like when computers and technology drive rates of performance and standards instead of human beings. And how this is different to what workers may have experienced in the past and whether that affects the people who work there. And if so, how? Indeed, does it make a difference to who wants to work there? I think it's great that firms such as Amazon are creating jobs with good terms and conditions, especially in the areas much in need of them. But this conversation also reinforced to me that we can't just assume that these employers and the jobs that they create will or can provide all the solutions to the wider economic and social problems in the areas they move into. It certainly left me with a couple of big questions, which I'll outline at the end. In the meantime, I hope you'll find what Mark has to say as interesting as I did. Hi, Mark. You're right. All right, see. So let me start. Mark, tell us a bit about what it's like working at Amazon, how long you've been there. And uh, I mean, the impression I have from what you've told me in the past is that it's better than some of the other big employers you've worked for in recent years, and perhaps better than the way that sometimes it's portrayed in the media. But anyway, tell us, tell us a bit about what it's like. Well, I've actually been employed at Amazon for nearly two years. It'll be two years in September that I've worked there. And uh, since I started there, it was directly with Amazon, not with an agency, like a lot of jobs start off now with their agencies. But now I've worked there directly with Amazon since uh, 
for nearly two years. I work Monday to Thursday, 40 hours. It's a regular shift pattern, Monday to Thursday. And so it's just quite good to get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. There's regular overtime on days off. You get free tea and coffee. And generally speaking, the conditions are pretty good. So it's not like, you know, because I mean, the way in which, you know, often Amazon gets written about or talked about in the media, it sounds like it's, you know, it's not always, doesn't treat its workers very well. From what I've heard, they've actually improved the conditions this last couple of years because they've become more sort of high profile with them, with the COVID. So I don't know if it's always been as good as it, as it is now, to be honest with you. No, I mean, you hear stories about people not being allowed to go to the toilet and, you know, the, it's like a workhouse, you know, you, it's really difficult and hard labour. But, um, you know, you can go to the toilet when you want. It's, it's not that bad. Right. I say from other places that I've worked at, um, you know, it's quite relaxed. It's quite chilled out sort of environment, really. And I think I'm right in saying that, I mean, one of the things which is quite different in this job as opposed to others that you've done in recent years is that you're not employed by an agency, you're employed directly by Amazon. And like you said, I mean, your shift patterns are, are regular as opposed to, you know, any kind of zero hours. A lot of companies now, you start off with agencies and you work these zero hours contract. Now, since I worked at Amazon, even before the covid scenario started nobody was ever sent home early what they do offer is um, what's called VTO where occasionally when there isn't a lot of work they give the opportunity for people to take VTO which is stands for voluntary time off but nobody's ever been sent home early because there's not enough work right okay and do you mind me asking what the sort of base pay is for the kind because you're in you're in shipping yeah I'm in level one. Everybody starts, no matter what department you work, work in, it's, you start off as level one. And the basic rate is, I think it's £9.75 an hour. So nearly £10 an hour, basically. But for overtime, the first 10 hours you get paid time and a half, which bumps up to nearly £15. Then after you've done 50 hours, the next 10 hours, it's double time, which is nearly £20 an hour. And the overtime is pretty regular. That's for level one. If you get to, um, say, a lead, like supervisor role, I think they're on something like £12 an hour. So bearing in mind it's a 40-hour week as well, where a lot of places you, you work probably 37 or even 35 hours. So it's a, your basic hourly hours are 40 hours a week. But um, no, the, the leads, the supervisor, they're on, say, £12 an hour and they do regular overtime. I mean, they're touching probably, you know, the likes of £900 a week if they do the full overtime. And that's just the supervisors. And I think um, some of the, um, the next level, probably level four, five and six, when they start getting the manager's role, I mean, I think they do get, some of them do get paid overtime, but no, bottom line is there's some big money to be made at uh, working for Amazon. Like you say, I mean, I mean, you know, obviously everything's relative, but, Compared to what other arrangements, what other terms you've been there on? There's other past. perks as well. Um, for instance, um, say I work Monday to Thursday, which um, is a good shift. Don't get me wrong, not everybody works those shifts. I was lucky to get that Monday to Thursday shift. I mean, some people work 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which, you know, if you've got family and friends, it's not so good. But they do give the opportunity, no matter what shift you're on, to um, swap. And you can swap, I think it's one shift every fortnight. And it's quite easy to do. It's well, it's 90% guaranteed. You just go on the computer, put what day you want to swap and which, which day you want to work. You've got to give them three days notice. That's it. So the shifts are flexible. And also every month they give you five hours allocated to you from your holiday entitlement. And these five hours that they give you every month, they're called flexi hours. And it gives the opportunity to use those five hours. You can save them if you want, but these five hours you can, you can use to leave work say one hour early every day or five hours early if you want to. And that's guaranteed. There's no questions asked. That's 99% guaranteed, you know, even when we're really busy. Well, if you want to, you can give like half an hour's notice, say I'm going home at five o'clock and we'll take flexi. And the managers, it's over, they they can't really argue with you. It's um, Amazon policy that... uh, you bought these flexi holidays, they were called emergency holidays, and that's it, 99% guarantee. So what about the profile of the workforce? Tell me about, you don't mind me saying, you're in your mid-50s, like me, you're my older brother, but <laughs> but in terms of your work colleagues, what's the kind of age range of the other people that you're working with on the shop floor and sort of where they're from and that sort of well, thing? Well, the, the average age is between... I'd say 25 to 35. I'd say 35 is probably, 30, 35 is probably the average age. There is people like my own age, 56, probably the odd person who's even 60. But um, generally speaking, the average age is about 30, 35. The majority of the people, I'd say, are migrant workers as well. But, say, companies such as Amazon, they have to seem to be employing like a diverse workforce so i think the amazon policy like a lot of these companies they do have to actually employ so many people of an older age different backgrounds so when you say migrant is there one particular nationality that dominates or is it mixed well when i first started i was surprised how many romanians were there to be honest with you there's a lot of um, romanians also eastern europeans but also, there's a lot of people from North Africa, a lot. Yeah, surprisingly, percentage-wise, it's surprising how many people are at Amazon from there. And what about the manager level? Are they quite mixed too? I mean, I, presumably, I think you've told me before, they're predominantly sort of younger graduates, but they're quite international in their, in their composition. So the majority of the managers are in the mid-20s. Yeah. And also... Um, I forgot to mention there is quite a lot of people from the military, a lot of the British people are actually ex-military. It is Ammon's policy. So actually, um, if you work for the military, you've, it's um, a big advantage. It's um, being employed by Amazon. So, I mean, Amazon, as we know, has opened up quite a lot of these either fulfillment centres or distribution centres around the UK. I mean, they're expanding all the time. And one of the things which is quite interesting to me anyway, is that certainly initially they weren't necessarily attracting a lot of local people to the jobs, you know, and there were, 
that's especially interesting when the terms and conditions, as you've described them, are that much better than what's on offer in a lot of other, you know, from a lot of other employers who are offering unskilled type employment. Yeah, there is um, there is a few people who live in the, the local area, but um, I don't know the actual the figures. But um, there's, I mean, the place where I work at, it's in Kegworth. There's people from it is a lot of these Amazon fulfillment centres. They are out of the city. You do need to have to drive there, and even getting I mean, getting the bus is tricky. Really, you need a car to actually travel to these places. So. I mean, there's people who work uh, live in Nottingham, Leicester, Derby, who travel to um, Amazon, where I, where I work. But there's also people from Birmingham. As far as like local people, um, uh, I think a lot of local. Well, I've mentioned before a lot of these local young people. They they see Amazon work as being boring and um, got bigger expectations, and uh, they don't seem to to want that type of work. And also the shift patterns as well. I think probably um, a lot of um, local people have got uh, family commitments. Yeah, young people have got friends who they want to see at the weekends. They don't want to work the weekends because they want to go out with their friends. Or say they've got family, they make arrangements see a family at the weekends or do things. Whereas a lot of these migrant workers, um, they, they come to this country and all, all they think about is work. And also... They come with the um, the boyfriends and girlfriends, so the most of the time they work the same shift pattern as them. So it doesn't matter. Shift work doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't. They're not um, phased by that. They just think of the money. You know, just picking up on something that you alluded to before and how it compares to what you've been used to in the past. I mean, you've mentioned that it's perhaps more relaxed, more chilled than sort of you know a lot of other sort of factories or places I mean tell me a bit about how that compares I think the key thing it's all computer driven whatever the computer says everybody does and that's as far as um, like self-discipline I mean people the department I work in there's no performance rates but I work in the shipping department and there's no performance rates but um, some of the departments like packing and picking, there's actual performance rates and um, people have to pack so many or pick so many a, a day. And of course, at um, the end of the day or throughout the day, the computer will tell them if they've reached the performance and the computer will tell them that the managers, if the, these people have reached their performance and they'll probably have a work, they'll talk to them and say, um, oh, you need to work faster, you, you, blah, blah, blah. What I find interesting is that sort of normally sort of, you know, people who are, you know, wanting to get on and are eager, you know, and they turn up on time, they're reliable, they're fast in terms of their processing of whatever it is that they're doing or whether they're on a production line or whatever. And that usually is welcomed by the managers because that means that you're getting more orders out or whatever. And there's a there's a sort of common understanding of what kind of attitude and what kind of characteristic contributes to the overall success of whatever that department or business is trying to achieve. And from what you've described to me, that's not quite how it works. And it's possibly because 
the computers rather than the managers themselves are determining the rate at which things should go. Well, exactly. Yeah, you've more or less just that's correct. Yeah, I'd say yeah. in my department, if we're not very busy, I'll I'll probably even though I say so myself, I'll probably work harder than, than other people. But you know, they'll, they'll know they know that I work harder, but I won't get the recognition as such because. They don't have to relate to the computer and say, oh, Mark's figures are this and that. Paul's figures are not as good as Mark's. When they look at that screen, that determines if I'm working harder than the next person. And what about, I mean, in terms of the kind of general atmosphere and the fact that this is all very computer driven and, and, you know, there isn't that sort of sense. I mean, I get the impression sometimes that even with the managers, there is a lack of knowledge on their part as to what should be driving and motivating them as far as what their expectations are of you because it's all it's you know it's all a chain isn't it you know if if the big boss is saying you know we've got to meet such and such a target by the end of the month and sort of then his departmental managers know what their role is in making that happen and so on i mean you've kind of given me an impression in the past that you've been in other situations not at amazon but other working environments where it's been perhaps you know just as dull i suppose is one you know way of putting it in terms of you know the kind of work that might sound dull to other people but actually this there's something which is a bit more dynamic about it just because of the nature of you all pulling together in the same direction well, i always said before um you know places and the workplace now is a lot more complicated with different shift patterns and logistics. I mean, it's not that simple now. I mean, even manufacturing now is mostly robots. But you know, I've worked other places, say, when I worked in a pizza factory, even though it was just um, producing pizzas, you know, there was like a set target. It's like a not the, uh, the old manufacturing type of work. People knew if I mean in the sort of hosiery and knitwear trade some of the girls there probably knew they had to to make 20 pairs of knickers an hour you know they'd, they'd be there and they'd, they'd see all the knickers they'd know that they'd done 20 pairs and they could see that the person in front of them's done more so they'd think oh I best do more than her blah 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 and, but now like where I work picking and packing it's all automated it's difficult to see how other people are performing because it's it just moves on to the next stage and you can't actually see. You don't know how you're contributing to the bigger picture. No, no and you can't. Yeah. So when I worked in this pizza factory, at the, the start of the shift, we knew we probably had to, we had an order to say 5,000 pizzas. You'd all start thinking, right, we've we got a big order today. We're best work a bit harder. And you start working and, um, to get to say four o'clock in the afternoon, and um, you probably you knew you probably had to do another 300 pizzas. And the supervisor say, Look, we've got 300 more to do. If we can get this done by all past four, we can all go for a drink for 20 minutes and then come back and then clean up. Then we can all go home. So, come on, let's do it. So, yeah, okay, we'll do it. But you know, and you, you finish it, you get the job done at half four, and yeah, that was four. We did that, and we go up for a cup of tea. You know, and we come back down and clean up and go home and think, well, you know, 
yeah. one bad day, that you know. But now, because you've got the shift pattern, you just know you're just going to walk out. You don't know how many packages you, how many parcels Amazon have packed or picked today, and you just walk out. And because it's all live as well, everything's live, so they don't really. You ask the manager, they don't know. You paint a picture there in a, in a pizza factory. I can really get that. I can get the sense of, even though it's just making pizzas, that sense of all working together and trying to reach a goal and succeeding. And, you know, it's good. It, it's motivating. It's, you know, it's it's a good thing to be a part of. And you know that whatever part you're playing, it matters. You know, you're part of, as I say, something that's bigger than so, you. Um, I mean, then as well, it, the workplace was a better place because you, you all went to work and you, you know, you probably enjoy going to work as well. And see these people you work with, you become quite friends with them. You know, you was friends with them and you go out with them, drink, and you, be, you know, became sort of lifelong friends. But um, people go to work now with a different type of attitude as well. You know, they don't go to work to make friends. You just go to work to make money. So it's a different... And do you think that's because, therefore, they, you know, they find their enjoyment in life, you know, in sort of whatever it, they're doing outside of work or their interests outside of work or whatever. I mean, I just wonder what, if they're only going to work just to earn money, which, you know, I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. And you want to earn money, whatever job you're going to do, you need to earn a decent wage. Do you think that they're, they're able to get some sort of personal satisfaction and enjoyment in life then out of work. See, all these people come from different backgrounds, different religions, everything. It's, their outlook on life's different to other people. You know, a lot of the, the reason that they, they go to work is for the, for the money. You know, a lot of the people, you know, they just landed in the country without anything at all, you know, so they just want to get as much money as they can. That's yeah. one of the reasons they, they come to this country, never mind working at Amazon, just to, to earn money. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, you know, how going to work and the, you know, the atmosphere in which you work has changed over the years. I mean, how's that affected you? I mean, it's, a, it's an age thing as well, because I'm, um, I'm a lot older than some of the majority of people who work there, you know, 56 years of, of age. Um, you don't look it. Yeah, I feel it. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> Probably I look at things a bit different as well, because I'm older than them. And uh, I've experienced working at other places. So I, I know different to, to these other people. So it, for me, it is a bit, say, I've made the other places where I've worked, I've sort of made friends that, you know, I can go out with at the weekends and even go on holiday with. And, you know, you come close with them. But there is an age thing as well. Like I say, I'm 56 and there's probably a bit of a difference there. But, um, you know, the community spirit's not, not the same as um, it used to be. No. And I suppose if these big employers are based out of town or on these big industrial parks, I mean, they don't have, I mean, it's like when we were growing up and we had a factory right on our doorstep and, you know, it had the social club, it had the sports ground and all that sort of thing. I suppose there's not that either. I mean, yeah, I suppose it's the same with these offices and call centres that are based out of city centres. I mean, it's difficult to people mix and go out after work for a drink when you know they have to drive. Whereas if you're working like London City Centre, you can all go out for a drink and after work, then jump on the tube and go home, can't you? But that's true. 
Yeah. It's interesting, actually, you say that, and I suppose it's the same in other cities, but I mean, particularly in London, because everybody where they live is very dispersed. So, you know, they socialise immediately after work before they then go home. So, you know, there's still that sense of work being a place where you make friends, you might sort of, you know, meet a partner or or whatever. I do think that's an important part of work. I do. I mean, I think the social aspects that come with work, you know, even if you're married and oh, have exactly, kids, you yeah, know, it, yeah. you know, you know, it's not just about those of us who are who are single. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to learn that you know, Amazon is a better employer than often people would have you believe in terms of what what you read about it in the newspapers. But as I say, for me, I think sort of, you know, all of these tech driven businesses, as important as they are to, you know, our way of life and, you know, our overall sort of economies and and progress uh, and what, you know, making life easier for ourselves. I just, for me, I just worry about those elements, the, the human elements that contribute to just keeping people motivated and focused for doing a good job at work and what that means as well in terms of their own self-worth and their own self-value. But um, say self-worth and self-value, I mean, say a lot of these migrant workers, they didn't have any, any at all. And that's why they came to this country to, to get the money. So as far as they're concerned, you know, they probably got more self-worth and self-value now than they did when they was in their own country. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's true. And, and maybe that's true. But you can think, but where are the people who are not working or taking the opportunity of employment at a place like Amazon in the local area? Where, I don't know. I don't, where are they going? Do we know where they're going? I don't know. What are they doing? I'm not sure. I don't know. You know, that's what I find hard to grapple with. I can't. Because there is plenty of work available. Yeah, I'm not sure. But they're probably working with, agent, with agencies. But that can't be as good as what no, you've got. No, But um, as I say, anything better than nothing. <laughs> well, as always, it's lovely to talk to you, but obviously I talk to you all the time. I mean, it's unusual for us to record our conversations, but thanks so much. I do appreciate yeah, no it. Problem. <laughs> you can go and enjoy the rest of your day now i'll leave you in peace okay T. catch you later bye. bye as important as technology and robots are to maintaining progress and increasing productivity before we surrender all our personal authority and responsibility to machines have we understood the consequences of doing so Because the big question left in my mind after that conversation with my brother, and as we start to understand better the human cost of technological progress, is whether it's a price we are willing to pay. And if it isn't, what can we do about it? Thanks so much for listening. I hope you also listened to other episodes of this podcast. Thanks again. Bye for now.